Welcome to episode number five. I am your host, Sebastian Engstrom, and today, Anna Turunen joins us. She is a marketing leadership, just badass, at one of the largest music and record label companies in the world. She's a catalyst of delivering authenticity to a world that is screaming out for realness through music and creative expression. She also brings insight how to live your truth in a corporate setting while delivering at your peak. That is also known as just being in your truth, which is not the easiest thing for anyone out there in corporate. So she follows her inner knowing, she's very strategic about it, and she drops some dimes in this episode. So I'm thrilled to have you here. If you haven't done so before, take five seconds, just leave five stars. It'd be a just amazing gesture and it helps us spread this message of help and uh, inspiration to others. We're going live here too with Safina, the company, June 7th. I am freaking thrilled. As high performers, we're constantly on the go. We never stop and that leaves us run down. Sometimes burnt out, we don't even notice it. This is to bring you back to your heart, to your soul, so you can tap into that inner wisdom, that knowing, let go of control, step into the unknown. <sighs> We're gonna do so by putting one hand on your heart, on your stomach. We're do a breathing exercise. Please don't do this if you're in your car. Close your eyes. We're gonna breathe in five times, breathe out, saying I love you and your name, three seconds in, three out, and then I forgive you and your name for the last five. And then we're gonna send love and light to one person. So we're gonna start here, one hand, hand on your heart, one stomach, and three, two, one, close your eyes, I love you and your name. Oh. In. Out. In. Out. In. Out. In. Out. In. forgive you and your name in out in out in out in out person in front of you this person is gonna have the biggest smile on their face they're going to be beaming of joy because they are having the most wonderful day of their life anything they've ever wished for 
that's coming their way. Most importantly, they're focusing on other people. They are giving. They're being of service. They're giving back. Because we're never alone. You're not alone. You embrace this person. You tell them I love you. I see you. I forgive you. You feel this reciprocated. Because you know we're all one. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm um, a marketing manager at one of the biggest music companies in the world. And I've been involved in the music industry for almost five years now. Music has always been such a huge passion of mine that I remember at some point I just kind of realized like, oh, holy shit, I can do this for a living. Like, what is this? So it was like very interesting that I had this idea of like, okay, when I choose my career or whatever I want to do um, for money, um, that it would have to be something quite serious and dry and whatever. And then I did an internship at Sony Music over in Finland because that's where I'm from. And it was just so much fun. Like, honestly, the music industry is so much fun. It's kind of crazy and insane. And you get to do a lot of random stuff, meet a lot of really interesting people. And it's really one of the industries where you're really encouraged to be yourself these days. Like, it's the kind of, like, early 2000s shiny pop, like the um, Britney style where you just put in a major front of, like, this is what it is to be a pop star that just doesn't fly anymore. Like artists, they're encouraged to be super authentic on their social media. And that obviously raises a lot of questions as well, uh, which we can get into. But it's just one of those industries that's just a whole lot of fun. And there's a lot of interesting people there. And um, well, thank you for thinking <laughs> I'm authentic. I think my personal background is obviously being Finnish and um, not that many people know many Finns, but we're known to be quite like blunt and honest and uh, just kind of like no BS approach, approach to the world, which is something I definitely have um, come from and still do. And um, just combining that like slightly superficial music industry side to then something authentic uh, it's just like a very interesting mix to live in because sometimes people don't know how to react and then then they're like, oh, okay, interesting. Let's, you know, rethink this whole situation of like being in a corporation and, you know, actually connecting with people. Mm. So the one side that I haven't, so being a big music fan myself and uh, being incredibly, uh, you can say connected to some of the lyrics um, through and through growing up and, and that's really where I've found solace and truth many times I all I not all the time I saw this publicly or what they wanted to show um, or what they portrayed uh, on media uh, or in media or on social media you're saying that that's coming out more and that's a side that i don't know much about so so how how have you seen that shift yourself in the music industry um, mm -hmm. and, and what do you think prompted that uh, i mean you still hear and what comes to mind to me is well it feels like a lot of these pop artists they have ghost writers so people who write their songs for them um, 
and yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Like you, you get, you get a, some of these songs, like they're super catchy and you can sing along to them and so forth. Um, so yeah. How, how, how have you seen that shift yourself, um, take place? Yeah. So first of all, I think there's a huge, uh, differentiation here with the kind of major, um, like mainstream music fan. So mm -hmm. you're a girl in her like early 20s who sometimes likes to go clubbing but sometimes likes to listen to radio but isn't really like a music fan they don't really care about the artist necessarily they care about the good song because they think that okay my life is so that i like to wake up i like to listen to a song that makes me happy but that's like the extent of what their like music fandom goes to and that will be your major like silent masses mm -hmm. And um, that's fine. Like some people are just not in the place emotionally where they need to digest their music. Whereas someone like maybe you or I who likes to really drill into the lyrics and like the hidden meanings behind something, that's where the wealth of the music comes from for us. But that's not the most, you know, most people are not like that. And that's fine, you know. So for those people, what they seek from music is slightly different they don't seek anything else besides you know something to live nicely on your earphones and that's that's cool but um then when it comes to um the so you've got these people who are quite like what we just discussed and then you've got the people who would like to look up to someone but if there's not like something really interesting about that person if they're not vocal about the things that they've gone gone through in life, if they're not vocal about whatever it may be, like I'm going to use Billie Eilish um, here, who is like probably the world's biggest pop star right now. She's just turned 18 years old and she's just like such a incredibly authentic person. Oh my God. Like her entire social media, everything just speaks to the kids. And you can just tell, like, even though her music is now super mainstream, she has actual fans because of what she stands for. So there's a difference and you can have like a, like a EDM singer who people may or may not know their name, they recognize their voice, they recognize their music and that's fine. But that person hasn't necessarily, you know, isn't necessarily talking about the things that, you know, they are experiencing in life. Whereas you've got the artists who are really authentic nowadays. And those people, if you do it right, they really cut through. And then you've got someone who has authentic fans, who has like people who look up to them as a person, also as an artist. So I think that's, that's where the differentiation lies, is that you've got the people who speak out and then the people, I mean, fans, music fans will gravitate towards them, look up to them as a person versus just like a song that they like to listen to. So those are two different things and that's fine. You know, um, and it just really comes down to being authentic. I think people are just starving for authenticity these days, like after the noughties and like all of the shiny pop and shiny everything, super like glam diva style that has really no depth to it, just looks really nice. But people are just like starving for something real these days. And you can definitely tell that, like I can tell when I'm working on some of my artist campaigns and we're trying to tell the artist that artists might be like okay why isn't my socials growing and what what am i doing wrong and they're not necessarily doing anything wrong like they might post nice photos or nice videos but if there's no depth to it if they're not speaking to someone if if they feel like or if the fans don't feel like they're connecting with that person is you can see two different 
growth graphs when you look at their like social media growth because the ones that do connect they go up so you can tell that there is a real hunger for that kind of artist who cuts through with their like personality people want to believe in something again you know i get chills when uh, when you say that um and what comes to me yeah there's there is a deep longing for for authenticity just truly not just listening or seeing but you got to feel mm -hmm. you truly got to feel um, what you're saying especially cutting through the noise uh, you're starting to see a shift well it's, it's been a shift now for a few years in the mm -hmm. commercial uh, media industry they're realizing okay well we got to connect to deeper values of the people who were marketing to and connecting mm -hmm. to we can't just go about and do oh well for example what comes to mind to me in is, is the united states and the car commercials um, mm. is the, oh this is the baddest biggest truck now it's no it's it's this is the family values behind it and and if you truly are a a man of 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 your values and and this is how it comes through or if you care about the veterans and it, it connects yeah. to your emotions and and i'm seeing that as a shift with with the younger generation um and it's incredible to hear i mean especially in the music industry because it has such an influence on so many of us um, we are all connected to it in one way or another the one of one of the sides that makes me um also so so very curious about now that you've been in it um and you you touched upon it lightly why you got into it maybe maybe you can explain to you what what does your life look like right now did you imagine it looking the way it does right now um and uh yeah, how how did you get here? Because I think you have a, a fascinating story too. I mean, thank you. Um, so yeah, let let's rewind all the way back to when I first heard heavy metal when I was like twelve or thirteen years old, and because I can I can actually pinpoint that exact time and place when I feel like I really fell in love with music, and that was when I was a don't know how many people here listen to or know anything about Scandinavian countries, but yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's kind of miserable sometimes. And uh, people tend to be quite isolated. So I always felt like I wasn't fitting in. I was kind of bullied and I was just going through this phase of like first change of like I was a full teenage goth. And when I was like 12, 13, I just had all of these emotions that I really didn't know what they were. I just knew that they were intense and I couldn't put it into words. And it's, it's a whole like teenager thing, right? But I remember the first time when I heard the song by a band called Children of Bodom, who are like a melodic death metal band. And there was so much, like when the song started, there was just so much adrenaline and aggression and like kind of like hatred, but it wasn't like, whereas if you don't know how to listen to heavy metal, you might just hear something aggressive on your headphones. Whereas I heard people expressing their anger rather than try to shove it down your throat. So for the first time, I felt like something understood me, like on a vibrational level, it's super interesting because music is vibrations and your emotions are vibrations. So even if I didn't know how to conceptualize it or put it into words, I just knew that this is how I felt. And I just fell in love with music so quickly. And I started to go like literally every single show that I could find, I would just show up and find my 
find my crowd essentially like I was just hanging out with all these like metal heads and that lasted for quite a quite a long time and I never thought about doing like music because I was like okay I'm not a musician so what do you mean I, I it just didn't really cross my mind until um until I was like in in high school and then I was like okay I want to do something for a living that I really really love and what do I love? I love music and I love horses. So for, the mo for a moment, I uh, went with the horses option and I was a stud assistant. So yes, I collected semen for a living for a while <laughs> and um, also like grooming and horse riding. So that was super interesting, but I just figured that like, okay, this is not the right choice for me. So when I moved back to, so I lived in London for a year and I studied music management um, at a university. And after that, I moved back to Finland where I got my marketing degree and I still thought that like, okay, music is still like calling out to me. So I got my internship at Sony Music and then that just was it. Like I was just hooked and I was like, okay, when, when I work with artists who I know that reach out to the same kind of kids who are in the same misunderstood or like don't know where they're fitting and feel kind of lost in life, music always has been like a road to me to okay, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing, but I'm just gonna like close my eyes, have some faith and just go with what I'm passionate about. And that has been music. So it's always been like a safety net for me. And it's really just brought me all of my friends, my career, my entire life's purpose. So um, I'm just super grateful and it doesn't even feel like, yeah, sometimes you have hard days, obviously every job is like that and you have like annoying, whatever little things about your job, but it feels like once you have like a higher purpose, when I go to a show, I especially work with artists who um, play the kind of rock and alternative kind of emo movement style. So when you go to the shows of those artists and you look at the crowd and you see, I see myself in that crowd. I see that kid who I was, the lonely one. And I'm like, okay, even though I'm not making the music, I'm helping that music and those fans connect like that is my job as a marketing manager is to bring those two together help ears and the music meet that's essentially what i do and seeing that at a show i mean back when music shows existed before covid um that's what what i do basically and it's very just immensely you know satisfying wow that was beautiful thanks <laughs> i i didn't i have a newfound um, admiration and appreciation for your path now that that was uh, I truly understand now why you love that to me it, it's resonating with me on so many levels like you said as a teenager I connected to I mean being from another Scandinavian country yeah how do you <laughs> people don't express emotions yeah. uh, and from my understanding especially not in Finland mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're very you're 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 bad as hard people <laughs> that you can barely you can barely read at times it feels yeah. like um and and I mean that from a very positive uh view because <clears throat> it's and, and we see in Sweden we perceive the people from the north uh, as such they they don't speak a lot but when they do you, you need to listen exactly exactly <laughs> it that, really matters that's yeah. the thing that's the thing there's very little um chit chat and small talk mm -hmm. and that kind of thing so 
people sometimes think that uh, Scandinavian countries, well, Finland <laughs> is quite rude or something, but it's not really about rudeness. It's just about, that's just how we communicate. And the same thing with like the, the physical intimacy. It's like, we're not super touchy feely people. So this whole like COVID situation and having uh, social distancing is just like another day to have been like, don't <laughs> closer to me if you're a stranger. Like that's just basic respect. Like, you know, <laughs> so it's been like really easy to oh. adhere to the COVID restrictions. Sure. Um, tying that back into, and, and, and that's why I think it's so important to, um, to have music and so many different outlets in, especially in Scandinavian countries, because um, mm -hmm. I connected m with rap myself because of it was very aggressive. It was a lot of deep seated emotions. It was profanity. It was just out there. I'm like, whoa, yeah. like this is, this is not what like kosher. Like I'm not supposed to do this, and therefore I really can connect even deeper to it. Um, mm -hmm. And you having followed that path. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I commend you for still being on it and, 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 and having the passion that you have, but having, having been in it for the time that you have, I know with any type of job that you are, that you love or that you're passionate about, uh, I mean, you're taking it, you're, you're a director now and you, you I mean, you, you love what you do and, and I know you, you spent quite a bit of time doing it, but it also comes with sometimes you get so sucked into it, it becomes your identity, right? So mm -hmm. how, how, do, how do you still know who you are um, outside of, of what you do for a living? And have you felt that, that all right, I, I feel like I have a hard time separating the two? Uh, oh and, yes, and therefore, like, how do I become still stay myself, authentic self, and not become? Well, oh, all of a sudden, I'm the company, I'm corporate. Wait, wait, wait hold on. Yeah, 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 for sure. And this year, especially um, because of social distancing, so it's October now, and I have not physically been to the office since end of March. So um, I've been working at my current job for three and a half years now. And the first couple of years was just, just that, like I live in London, I have barely any friends and I didn't ever think that was a problem because I didn't see that because I was always working. So I was like, okay, I'm always surrounded by people, but really, I mean, I have my work friends and I do love them, but there's a differentiation of who you are in the office environment, even though it's like a very casual office environment still. And now that I haven't physically seen those people in over six months, it's really at first it was a big shock not gonna lie it was a big shock of like oh my god what do i do now like what do i distract myself with now but then i actually took that whole time as an opportunity to be like okay what do i want to discern with my life and is it all serving me and i think um um it's been a huge year for so many people i don't think we're even going back to the old um way of working like at all they haven't really told us what's the future will look like because well no one really knows but i know it's not going to be the same like nine to six kind of job and um so for myself when i was working so much and i moved to london from finland with like four days notice i literally took the first job that i got which isn't the one that i'm currently in but it was the first like music industry job and i was like okay i'm just gonna do this now i'm gonna move to london and i hated that job it was so horrible it was like 
it wasn't horrible. It was just like not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was questioning myself all the time. Like, have I made the right decision? And, and I just felt like super out of control. And um, I developed an eating disorder at that time, which was not probably the safest or best way to deal with stress. But I felt like it was the only way I could control anything was I could control the food that goes in my mouth and not by my so I got super into fitness. I was like, okay, I'm a fitness person now coming from a total like non, like I was just a normal person. And then one night and I'm a fitness person now. And it was just like such an obsessive energy to go, go into that. And with the eating disorder stuff, I'm not, by the way, I'm not blaming the job at all because I feel like it's really been a wonderful, wonderful thing for me. But I realized that one of the biggest fears for me was that what if I got fired? What if something happened and I lost my job? Who would I even be? And that really scares me because I didn't know how to answer that. Like I didn't know what I would have. And that to me is a big problem. So this year I have taken the time to really travel. Yeah, I've been working at the same time, but I've been to, I've been back to Finland for a month and I, even been to the US for a while and I went to Croatia and I've just had my laptop on me and really just focusing on personal development and finding friends outside of the music industry. And uh, at first there was a real like kind of rebellion part of me that wanted to rebel against the company, rebel against the job because I felt like I'd been giving so much of my emotional bandwidth to the job. And obviously it cannot pay you with that because it is a corporation, it is a job. So I had like a very honest conversation with my boss uh, over the summer where I told him that at one point I was really bulimic in the job and I was like throwing up during like lunch breaks and and um, I just felt like I needed to disclose that to him because right now I'm fully recovered from that illness so I'm just like looking back at these couple of years and being like whoa okay what have I actually done to myself and what Mm. kind of um coping mechanisms have I used and like what serves me anymore and what doesn't and how can I make sure that that doesn't happen anymore and the biggest thing about that was definitely just believing that the more of my emotions that I give to the job the more I care about my artists the more I would get back from them which, or not the artist necessarily, but the more like someone would pay me with something that wasn't even money, but like, I don't even know. (laughs) But like, I obviously realized that that wasn't working. So um, having those honest conversations and being really able to express yourself within that truth has been like super scary because it's not something that we talk about in a corporate environment necessarily. Um, And I certainly felt like, okay, if I tell this information, are they going to think that I'm not cut out for it and I'm weak or, uh, you know, oh, Anna, she's got issues and that kind of thing. So um, those were definitely my worries. And did that turn out to be the case? Um, He received me quite well, actually. Um, It's not something we bond over obviously but it was nice for me to just feel like my inner and outer reality were matching again because I realized that was like a huge part of where my bulimia was stemming from was that inside I was living a different reality than on the outside but it was also my fault for not holding myself onto that standard like obviously if you're not um if you're not being truthful if you're not speaking your truth, then you cannot be met with that truth, you know? So 
I was growing with resentment of like, why aren't these people meeting me at this level when I wasn't even meeting them at that level? So you just got to be sometimes the first one to take that step to be like, look, I'm suffering with so-and-so, or this is what's actually going on in my life. And people will usually find that they're like, okay, now they can be themselves with you easier as well. And then they feel better about themselves because what people will always, what people don't necessarily remember, remember what you say to them. They don't remember your stories necessarily, but they will always remember how you made them feel about themselves. So if you give them the first step of like, hey, it's okay for you to be slightly vulnerable with me as well, that usually does a lot of magic. I'm, I'm, I'm just basking in what you just shared. Uh, so incredibly brave. And um, I see you, Anna. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, just wow. I'm, I'm a little lost for words. Uh, <laughs> you're being the change that you want to see in this world. And, and that's, that's amazing. Um, and, and what you're saying there is you're not looking for others to be the change mm. realizing, okay, I'll have this power. And to anyone out there too, like you always have that power. Uh, yeah. and, usually, and it usually comes to like, Hey, yeah, speak your truth. Be vulnerable. Exactly. Well, I think the pitfall of that is that some people, once they realize that, Oh, now I'm allowed to speak my truth. And once they get kind of, some people might get like a little hooked on the feeling of, okay, I'm just talking about my, my problems now and I'm being met at this like deeper level. So it's easy for some people to get slightly addicted to that and look for validation that way. So I would just say that whenever you're ready to make that transition of like, no, I'm actually going to speak what I'm actually experiencing, um, don't have an attachment to the outcome and don't if, if you have a pattern in your life and if you're always talking about the same thing, just notice that because you might be using that as a form of validation. Um, whereas how I've learned to deal with this is, okay, I recognize this is something that I'm battling with, or I still carry some trauma from whatever X, Y, Z, and I'm doing the work. And yeah, I'm telling people about the work, but it's not like I'm, um, trying to maintain some sort of like woke ego situation, which is something that I see quite a few people do sometimes. And it's, you know, we're all in our different paths and different uh, phases in our development, but just like aim to aim to let go rather than maintain your story is what I would say. And I personally went through a significant Event yesterday, I, uh, it was a deep uh, breath work experience that led to a lot of release, uh, a lot of a lot of tears, and it was my father's birthday yesterday. Mm. And um, and I've never I've I've started connecting to poetry over the last two to three years, and that's something I never it was honestly something I was afraid of more of that softer side and, yeah. and, and how would I be perceived as a man? Um, and it's, it's something that started springing up when I met my, my, my wife. Um, so it was the first poem I've ever written, uh, to him that I've shared with him. And it was an incredibly scary moment. Um, and the whole, way through it it was just tears streaming down my face and and as he received it 
it allowed him, like you said, to be more vulnerable too. And it was, mm -hmm. it was just an, a beautiful moment. And it was in that moment, like courage is, is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And uh, I chose to, uh, and yeah, there can be repercussions of that and it could have damaged the relationship, but it's, it's incredible so many times. And what you're speaking to too, when you're speaking in truth, when you're speaking from a vulnerable place, <laughs> so many times you are usually met with that too. Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. Congratulations. As I understand, uh, your father is quite a, um, go getter type, very career focused, very like masculine logical oriented so bringing poetry into that equation is not something that you just like casually blurt out so like, <laughs> kudos yeah. for you to answer Thank the call you. yeah it was um and, and to give another analogy my mother was who still to this day just loves adore, adores music and we would always listen to music and dance i didn't dance necessarily too much i love to do it now but <laughs> he would never listen to music really and i never understood that um and, and that kind of speaks to i felt like why does he ever connect to his feelings like i barely seen him cry in in his in his life and um so yeah thank you thank you for sharing that and, and through that um it it was it was a call out for to heal <clears throat> fathers and patterns forefathers and how mm -hmm. we show up as as parents as fathers especially and how we can still choose our career but also it's how we do it and what you're sharing is how you're choosing your career and yeah. in truth in vulnerability and you're still there for the people outside of your career too which which, which has been one of my biggest struggles just how do i how do i show up for my daughter and yeah. my wife still and 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 a significant thing this is going a little off what, what i intended to say but when i do get into these states some of the productivity or how you measure your numbers what should i be doing right what should i be doing today and um i didn't check my email a single time yesterday and that never <laughs> happens so i was in a very different space where there's a lot of healing <clears throat> a lot of things that came up and uh, what you're saying too when you're in this position when you measure yourself as a high performer you want to always strive to make an impact and then that's something that you thrive off of as well yeah. how how have you embraced um because you you speak to it and i can tell i can hear that you embrace okay i am going to go deep and i can just be and and express and and see what comes up because so many times it will serve you in a different way, but you can measure it. You can feel it and you can, you, you can maybe later on just have a deeper knowing within you that it will have an impact. How, yeah. how have you, and, and like you say, you're not going into that. So you're not off drifting off in this emotional space or disconnected space all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're, you're still getting back to it. Uh, and you're speaking to it now becoming, for example, a victim. How, do, how do you find that balance? Well, for me, it's been about uh, the past couple of years, really learning and understanding the masculine and feminine polarities and how, how they play out in my life. I think that's such a key, key thing that really keeps popping up in so just all over the place if you open your eyes. So we've lived in a hyper masculine society for so long and we're not talking gender, we're talking that in order for me to be successful, I've had to be a woman in a man's world. Right. So that 
what I mean by like masculine. So we're talking spreadsheets, logical thinking, linear thinking, uh, goal oriented, just like rationality and just uh, like fire and passion to go what you want. And like, Mm. um, masculinity is beautiful. I'm not saying that masculinity is bad, quite the opposite. I'm saying that it's one of the most beautiful forces I've ever known. And I've certainly channeled my inner warrior so many times, like even in my job, but that's what is like, that's a bit of a difficult place. Cause like, if you're only channeling your masculine, if you're only doing that, then you're not a whole being, then you're just using that one side. And there's so many women, oh my gosh, Previously, I, I would have said that this is like complete BS and like people are just like being too soft and they're like not, they're being too sensitive and whatnot. But I was in my masculine way, way, way too much. And I find that so many of my issues were stemming from that when I was trying to be, I was trying to cheat who I am. Like I am a woman and I'm actually a feminine woman, which I didn't even understand until before. So I was trying to be a woman living in a man's world. And then when I was trying to, uh, when I encountered issues, whether it be um, uh, related to stress, like I was trying to do a bodybuilding competition at one point when I was still like super focused on my career. And it was just so much performance, performance, performance that I had a complete like little physical and mental breakdown. So um, I was just trying to, you know, numb the stress out with more masculinity where now I've had to really cultivate female friendships, which has been really difficult. Like I'm kind of a loner and I have a lot of male friendships, but now I've had to really just like find female friends and like learn to trust the feminine in that way. Also find um, my workouts are completely different nowadays. Like I'll do something, whatever calls out to me, it's not like I'm going to do X amount of sets for X amount of reps. And then I'm going to do this exact minutes of cardio and these exact macros really learn how to do intuitive eating, trust my body in learning and listening to what it wants. And um, even the workouts are like, okay, today I'm going to do a bit of this and then I'm going to move into this like floaty yoga thing for a little while. And it's just been like a trial and error of that. And I can just say that as a being, I feel more whole now that I've learned to trust the feminine, but because feminine is such an elusive energy and that's, that's what it is. Like, whereas masculinity is something um, easier to understand because it is the rational side, but like, you don't understand the feminine. You feel the feminine because by definition, that's what feminine is. It is an intuition. It is a feeling. It's a, something like um, creating, like it's not gender specific. So for you to create something um, like poetic, that's, feminine energy coming through you but if you were to ignore that and i feel like so many men do they block their creativity because it's not something that's easily understandable it's not something they can like easily control it's quite the opposite it's just like flowing energy so they block it and that makes you less of a whole being that makes you less of a whole person and you can try and overshadow it with masculine again but we've seen how that works out for the society, you know, it's, it's not the best. So yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, it's, um, there's so many points there that, that, that come up and what you're saying, when you get more into your masculine, usually you meet it with more masculine because you're trying to figure out why am I not whole? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I still feel like I need to do more? Mm-hmm. 
And it's interesting. The more you go into that masculine energy, um, it feels like there will never be enough. Mm -hmm. The more you push and the more you push. And then all of a sudden, you just find yourself completely exhausted, hopefully not in a hospital. But to to so many who, who tap into that energy, there are usually repercussions and it might not show up right away. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who can sustain it for a longer amount mm-hmm. of time. And kudos to you for, for tapping into that feminine and all mm-hmm. those, those, those transitions that you're making. Um, I, I, there are a lot of similarities to what I've noticed in my, my wife's life as well. what you're saying with, with that flow, she used to, uh, have and, and be very, into fitness and more of the bodybuilding side mm-hmm. and she she if she touches weights now it just flares her body up she is completely she only does yoga now yeah um, interesting that's her body saying like no we don't do this anymore exactly and and there's a lot of a lot of letting go and even even to that that aspect of of female friends um mm-hmm. it's it's interesting how you're bringing that up as well how how do you feel as you're becoming more whole um, and as you're having these conversations, uh, to a lot of people, including myself, I become very afraid of, whoa, I'm not going to be able to perform. <laughs> how, how, how is that is, how is that showing up for you? Honestly, becoming more whole, there's a learning curve. I think you need to sometimes go to the one opposite direction in order to experience that polarity and realize that, oh no, this is not the right place. So I'm going to try and go here. So for me, I I went too much in the feminine side and I found that my um, work performance was slightly off, like in the sense of like, I I would sometimes forget, oh, oh shit, I have this meeting now. How did I forget it kind of thing? So in that way, uh, I went too much in the like, floaty, emotional, I'm just going to do intuitive what I want to kind of space. So I think it's now about navigating the, the both, both ends that I now know, and then just being like, okay, right now, what I need is to perform right now. It's a couple of weeks of like stressful time. So I'm just going to channel my warrior. I'm just going to, I know how to do this. I got this. And then recoup on the other side and make a conscious decision to be like, okay, I am the antenna and like, I can, you know, do any kind of um, tune myself into, into any frequency that I want to, that is going to serve me at that time. Sometimes you are a cyclical, cyclical being and you need to have some more rest and other times you just need to push a bit harder. So it's just like trying to create that like adaptability as much as possible in your life. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's really the key thing. It's like after becoming more whole, as I would say, um, amazing things have happened to me, honestly, like uh, I found a partner for the first time in six years and which actually came through our shared FFS community. And, and that to me was like a very interesting experience because as I mentioned before, I've been so in my masculine for so long and then having consciously cultivated this feminine energy that I feel like I would not have even been a vibrational match with this guy if I hadn't develop my feminine side. So great things will come to you when you do the work. That's all I can say. You just like, sometimes the work, um, it's so painful. It sucks. It can be super lonely, but at the same time, if you do it and you really check in with yourself and with your highest purpose, like, okay, what am I trying to avoid? Why am I trying to avoid it? 
and integrating those sides of you. And when you do, you become a more whole being. And then by that, you will be a match to people and situations and opportunities that reflect that. So as long as you keep this kind of goes back into the whole like, well, um, law of attraction stuff. Um, but if I keep having the same conversations, the same feelings, the same emotions, it's always going to produce the same outcome. So you've just got to re be really um, have that accountability with yourself to check in. What am I? What is there in my life that is feels too much? Like what energies am I like over? doing right now what is missing and like how can I bring that into balance and what is the shadow behind these situations like what is driving the situation because like it's usually never the thing it's the thing behind the thing that's the issue you know how does that show in in your life is that a daily practice that you have um yeah and, it is um how does it show up and what do you do so I um I'm a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist as well and um wow. I do I do I'm a lot. super intrigued now okay <laughs> yeah. uh, that's my little side project uh, so I work with a lot of hypnosis with myself as well because like all hypnosis is self-hypnosis self so I become a very I've become very good at just having different emotional states kind of like speak through me because like what we try and do with our like emotions is we disown deny, repress them. Whereas I've become like, okay, this thing that feels kind of like awkward to me right now, whatever it is, even though I don't really know how to conceptualize it yet, even though I don't know how to name it or anything, that's where I drill into. If anything triggers me, I'm like, Ooh, cool. That triggered me. Why is that? Because like, yeah. it's never about that other person. It's never about the situation. It's always about something within yourself. And you need to look at that trigger with curiosity and be like, okay, there's a door that's closed currently. I want to open that door because like if it keeps on triggering you, then there's work to do. So I would just like say the work is in curiosity and having like that open mind and open spirit to, okay, this is still not done. So let's do it. <laughs> you know? And just being really checking in with yourself and, and just being honest with yourself that that's what it is. Don't blame other people. It's all about you. <sighs> to me, it's, uh, I think you identified one of the things that I, is top of mind for me very much so every day. And the more I start blaming and the more I start pointing fingers, the worse it gets. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, it's, it's a practice that I need to cultivate with, for me, it's journaling to, and it's not a, this, this, uh, company, uh, issued, um, notebook that you get. I had to, I bought my first actual journal and I can <laughs> on, on video and it's, it's, I, it's, it's more connected. It's nice. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this is, there are, um, uh, I loved, uh, I still love Greek mythology. This is mm. the, uh, the other book that is, that is right here. Um, awesome. so this is, um, stars and the signs and how it's connected to Greek mythology and really following that curiosity has been allowing that side. And what you see with the peacock, the feminine side behind me is really, okay, allow and honor and dedicate money and time towards connecting with that. And as you're saying, that is now showing itself in so mm. many different ways because I'm doing that. Now I'm writing things down daily. What is coming up to me? Uh, yeah. Like a, a practice that has started coming up, up for me is 
um, I used to always have the spreadsheets. I still do. This is my to-do list, um, yeah. Tim Ferriss style from, okay, where are my six months goal? Break it down to quarter yeah. goals, break it down to monthly, weekly, daily goals. And then always keep updating that. Um, okay. And it needs to make logical sense. I need to measure it. Uh, and then uh, just live and die by that list. And now I've been letting it go. And I have not been on my computer for mm, the last, I would say, half of a week, almost a week now, the, during the first part of the day. And I've just been writing down, what is it that comes to me today? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I don't understand why is it these things that come to me? Because I have this morning practice and ritual where I call in certain things with my wife and I and, and do... Um, uh, different affirmations and when that comes through when I start googling it I'm realizing wow this is really what's gonna impact my business this is really what's gonna make the biggest biggest impact uh -huh. and change and if I just would have looked at my list and looked at what I've did in the past I would not have come to that conclusion and I've got stuck so many times to it doesn't make sense logical sense yeah. that I should be connecting and therefore I will get more actual results it doesn't make logical sense but now all these things are coming through me and i know and mm -hmm. but the more i try to like oh no i'm gonna push that aside i know mm -hmm. i can focus on this and just push through because the more i the more boxes i check the more i cross out things that i've done mm -hmm. the more productive my my day has been and then i left feeling like oh i didn't do do enough and and mm -hmm. i should have done more and and ang anxiety starts creeping up but when i take this different approach then i'm realizing wow like I'm more whole, I'm connecting, I'm actually getting more things done. Um, mm. So maybe like speaking to it from maybe a type A perspective, or even mm. some who are more in that masculine, but like, do you have like, do you write things down for yourself? Or, yeah. Or, or, yeah, and yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I still use like I said, I still use um, the kind of productivity lists, I have my like, you know, three month goals and like six month goals, but it's not like something I'm sticking onto for my dear life. It's more like, okay, I'm, I trust that because this wish or goal sits right with my spirit and with my soul, I trust that it will come. And I write it down because I've noticed that I've achieved everything that I've always wanted. I've been given everything that I've always wanted. However, everything that I've always wanted isn't Oh, I want a million dollars. You know, that's like everyone's fucking wants a million dollars. So it needs to be something that you're like sits right with your soul. Mm. And if you just put in things from your ego, oh, I would want this, I would want that. Like, yeah, okay, so would everyone. But when you actually go behind your ego and you you check in, like, do I actually feel worthy of that thousand dollars or a million dollars? A lot of people probably wouldn't. So it's what your mind is telling you because your mind is like the loudest, your ego is the loudest thing in your head. So you are distracted by that. Whereas you're talking about your soul's knowing right now, that is the voice that you kind of just know and you just kind of um, try to over overshadow the deep, deep, profound, but kind of scary feeling of your soul by the obnoxious, ego in your head. So that is, congratulations, that would be the feminine channeling through you, like that knowing. And not always will it turn out the way you anticipated, but I would say that in my experience, everything that I've always wanted that has stemmed from that soul side, I've always received. Whereas 
if I've written stuff down from my mind and my ego, sometimes I've received it, sometimes not. So it's just like, yeah, uh, emotional versus, um, well, not even emotional, but just like a deeper knowing versus your ego's, you know, agenda. Yeah. And, um, Tony Robbins has a saying, we, something along the lines is that we have so much knowledge, but we really strive and hunger. Mm -hmm. wisdom. Absolutely. And, and that's what you speak of wisdom and it is wisdom that you speak right there. And that's why so many of these billion dollar executives and some of the highest net worth people work mm -hmm. with him is that they realize I have everything that anyone yeah. would want in this world and I'm still terribly mm -hmm. unhappy. And many times is they don't have that deeper purpose. They don't have that, what you call yeah. soul connection, that connection with something different, something else. Um, and that's starting to come up more and more. How, and, and this is something I've, what you're bringing up, I brought up with prior colleagues, but I've never really mustered up the guts to mm -hmm. have these conversations with uh, higher ups. Uh, I did at one point and, and this, um, unfortunately this gentleman, he is no longer with us. Uh, he was a very sensitive, uh, well not, he was a very connected person, but he got very caught up in, in the glory mm. and the fame. And, um, and I, I think that that can take a toll on us. Um, and, and there's so many who are not with us sadly enough because as, as it's so you can say mesmerizing in so many ways but when we lose that connection it can take everything away from us if we do lose it because so much of our identity is 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 trapped inside sure. of that how so so two-part question have you are, do you feel like you're able to incorporate what we're talking about right now it's one thing to do it on your own but do you feel like that is starting to come through in 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 conversations that you're having through and through your work yeah i actually think so and this is because i've noticed that a bunch of my artists have become more spiritual and that's really <laughs> interesting for me to see like i was just dropping in on a um, interview with an artist who i work with and he's not someone who you would think that he's spiritual or anything. Um, he's not known for those things. Let's just put it that way. Um, and in this interview, he starts talking about like heart chakras and, and channeling. And I was like, huh, <laughs> interesting. So it's just like, there is a change and a shift happening, uh, whether it's coming from the top down or whatever, I don't know. I think it's just a person to person. And the more you speak your own truth, the more people who you know, why with the same truth will gravitate towards you because I feel like that's what's, there's kind of this game happening right now of just like, how woo woo do I dare to be? So the ones who, you know, step out and say that, you know what, I do believe in these things. This is how I operate. I am, you know, talking about stress management and manifestation, all these things. And when the people um, hear you, whoever it may be, then they, they're like, okay, you're woke. I get it. I'm not sure I like the word woke, but you know, and um, it's just an interesting game. There's been certainly people that I have not thought that would be at, uh, would be versed in these things. And then that's really surprised me. And I've been like, okay, like I should definitely not judge anyone. You know, there's a change for sure. And it's just about making your own truth known so that you're able to attract your tribe really.
So, to so many Swedes, including myself, Avicii is near and dear mm -hmm. to my heart uh, from who he was as a, just as a person, mm -hmm. individual soul, and his music, which is incredible. Um, and I listened to one of his tracks, I haven't listened to it in a long time yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, like this, this, this man, he had a gift. And so many times, I feel like when you are so deeply connected to what you're doing or as a gift or as a high performer, when you're just so focused on what you're doing, um, and, but then you start hearing all these different, oh, you're supposed to do this. Oh, this is what everyone else is doing. And then all this fame and glory starts coming up. Um, he, at one point in his documentary, talked about how, well, he stopped touring, but he, st he started talking about connecting to Carl Jung. And really, I finally start understanding who I am. He had, he had something along the lines of, of saying that. And then he just, he stopped all the Las Vegas shows. That was a, and, and listening to some of his music later on, like you could hear the lyrics, how is he, he's expressing what he's he's going through and especially with with the connection with with love and that was why safina the company that that i created now that's what drew me back into all right it's not just about the fame the money and so forth um and it takes expression in so many different ways he he says like i, I don't need no drugs like if if i have you like the weed and the blow and so forth for me it was uh being just a workaholic and, uh -huh. and being and taking it too far because and it was going deeper into the masculine but once i connected and felt that love mm -hmm. i came back home yeah and, and, exactly. and that's part of with with safina or with Sophia, my wife i am always home that is one of my my deepest connections to her and that and this is really the mm. the, the, the company's dedication to to her and my daughter and every anyone who who is on this path um you you have an incredible path too that you're following and the mantra or the slogan, I help artists not die from fame mm -hmm. is something I, it keeps on ringing and coming up in my mind. And I keep on bringing it up because it's so much truth. Mm -hmm. Do you mind speaking to your path and what that means to you? Yeah. So I believe that we are in an era of people being Western people being in spiritual starvation. And what I mean by that, the word spirituality has a bit of a, sometimes negative and, and just weird undertone. But what I really mean by spirituality is waking up to the fact, this is a fact, right? Quantum physics shows that, that 99.999999% of the world is energy. And that minute, tiny fraction of a percentage is matter. And that minute percentage we're able to perceive with our senses, which is why we think that's what we are. And when we identify as that tiny fraction of a thing, we're not ever going to be even close to happy because we're not seeing who we are. Who we are is energy. And what is energy? It's love. When we're going to the truth of who we are, like love energy is what we are in our core. And some people might call this your divine, your divinity or your soul or whatever. You want to call it some people call it god spirit whatnot and i think that one of the reasons why artists are so prestigious in um in society like why are people so obsessed about artists 
Like that's such an interesting question. Why is it? Why are we so fascinated? Why are we so fascinated by our significant our significant other, whether it's our girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or whatever? And that is a lot to do with the fact that we recognize in that person like a creative force or a love force that we feel so completely mesmerized by when we're sometimes ignoring that we are made of the same energy. So we look for the divinity in something else, someone else that is already within us. So when it comes to artists, what happens is that obviously there's all of this like material prestige when it comes to, uh, you know, money, fame, whatnot. And those are usually the driving forces of why people get into arts or get into music or can be. Uh, other times they just want to express themselves. Nonetheless, if you are a successful artist, those things will come to you, which means that people will start acting differently. People will start treating you differently. Where if you are a, what I would consider like a pure soul artist, you just create art from your soul and you are just very like a creative vessel. So a vessel of this divine energy, right? Um, people are so attracted to that because people lack that within themselves that when they see it in another, they're just mesmerized by it. They hang on to it with their dear lives. They become obsessed with it. And that's my personal opinion of what happens in like fandom, like the psychology of fandom, right? Um, and if you start to, as, as, as an artist, if you start to identify with that, or if as a husband or as a wife, if you start to identify with your significant other more than your own divinity, you're going to be screwed. <laughs> like that's just what's going to happen. Um, so I would, a huge part of my mission is to help people realize their true essence and help them recognize how the ego works within themselves, but also from other people. Because if you are an artist and you're what, 20 years old and you sign to a record label and you have all of these, all of these hopes and dreams and things that, oh, I would love to have a number one album or whatever. And then you receive that, but you haven't done the work of like realizing what your own soul is and knowing who you are. Um, that's exactly what's going to happen. People are going to rip you apart. That's what happened to Avicii, in my opinion. Like he, I mean... <laughs> It's so sad and it's it's the story that we know that you have to suffer for your art, which is like complete BS in my opinion. Yeah, it's beautiful that you can express your suffering through art, but if we go back a few steps where I was saying that you need to become adaptable and being able to channel whatever size of you, who you are. So, so you could imagine yourself, if you were an artist, you could imagine yourself as a antenna or someone like trying to tune into a frequency of like, if you wanna make sad music, the real scale is channeling yourself into the frequency of sadness and then creating from that rather than having the sadness eat you. And then you go back into happy and you can make happy music. So you develop that adaptability rather than identifying with the sadness, rather than identifying with anything. Because like as soon as you identify with something, that's already like an ego game. So just remembering your device soul and operating from that is what I want to teach people. And you've spoken, you've spoken to it a bit, how artists are starting to surprise you 
like, whoa, mm-hmm. you're actually talking about this. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that. How are you taking, is that, is that something you're approaching them with now? Or are you more feeling it out? And how does this show itself? And how do you, how do you, how do you envision your future? And, and what do you think it's going to happen? So I think alluding back to whenever you live in your purpose and whenever you're doing the work, the opportunities and the people that you're supposed to meet will be presented to you. And that's just something I completely believe in now. Cause like, there's been a couple of times where I've just known that I have to work with this artist. I have to work with this person. I didn't know why. And it's always worked out like, ah, oh, I see it now. We have the same kind of, you know, whatever, like we have the same worldview or we have the same, we want to help people. And it's not always been evident at first why that's been, but it's those people have been presented to me and I've always uh, trusted my intuition to work with these people as well. So I believe that it's all going to work out for me and as I will show up for them. So I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, what I want to be moving more into is um, this kind of, um, I guess I would call it consultancy, where I work with the artists to, before they get famous, hopefully, like as young and as early as possible. Because right now what the system kind of does is that it promises a great deal signing a record label. And it is a great deal. It is amazing. And it's so coveted. But at the same time, at what price, you know? We see this all the time at what price, because now the way that um, music industry has evolved in the past, even like five years with social media, now we're asking, at least previously, you could be like, okay, this is my artist persona. I'm this and this when I'm like doing my artist job, when I'm on tour or with my um, interviews and stuff, I'm this, but then in real, in real life, I'm someone else. But now that we're asking for these artists to be super, you know, personable in the social media and be really authentic and out there, which is beautiful. But at the same time, there are people who are not ready to receive that. So we got a lot of trolls. We got a lot of haters and that's their work to do. But if you as an artist identify with those negative comments, huge issue. And because you're so directly involved with your like fans and your audience now, which is in a way, like in a way it's great, but in other ways, it is just something we've never dealt with before as an industry, as a society, that it's just bringing all of these like psychological issues come up that we don't know how to deal with. We're not equipped to deal with that unless you're so, so, so rooted in your self and in your purpose that you just like, dismiss everything but I don't think that's what's happening because well for some people maybe maybe it's a learning curve but I would like to help people in that process of remaining their true selves creating art from their purpose from their uh, being and help them with the stress that the job brings help them with understanding what's happening to them when the music industry kind of when they're um in the album campaigns or in the single campaigns and everything's really insane and goes like this and you're in a touring schedule. So there is no conversation around stress management. There's no conversation around trying to manage your circadian rhythm and your adrenals and whatnot. So a lot of anxiety keeps happening and people don't know the natural like mechanisms in their body, like your nervous system function, like what the difference between um, autonomic, autonomic nervous system and sympathetic nervous system and everything like how, how they work and how you can use super simple things like breath work um, and all of these like wonderful tools that are inbuilt in your system 
So people turn to downers, people turn to drugs, and then they have overdoses. And it's just like trying to manage that high alert stress situation with like diazepam and all of this. And I'm just sick and tired of seeing artists go that way, honestly. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for the work that you do. <laughs> and the path that you're on, I am seeing it so vividly in front of me. And um, I am so encouraged too to hear about the shifts that are happening in the music mm -hmm. industry. <sighs> so as they go on tours, as there is an incredibly hectic schedule, as there are so many people to please, and then having social media on top of that, even from not being famous, if social media is intense for me, like mm -hmm. how, as a, as a, as a marketing director, that is part of your life. Um, how and being given that you're deeply rooted, but there, there, how, how do you, what is your relationship like with social media and how do you advise even regular people or even like famous people like what what are any tips that you can give uh, and insights that you've learned um i would just encourage people to be very conscious of a the time they spend in there and be conscious of the feelings that come up for them when they see certain images a lot of the time it's just like mindless you know scrolling but then you see different images, whether it be, you know, a fitness girl, and then you're like, oh, I don't know, I look like that. Or whether it's, um, you know, fake news or headlines or whatnot, uh, whether you're annoyed with politics or whatever. So I would just be very conscious of the feelings that come up for you and just bringing that awareness to it. Like that is always key to everything. That is step number one. It's like, instead of just like doing it, be like, okay, Clearly, this is bringing something up and then bringing curiosity to that. Okay, interesting, huh? That's how I feel, huh? And just like not being a part of the matrix, not being a part of the problem. As soon as you start to bring in the flashlight of like, why do I feel like this? You're already winning. I would just say like, that's the thing. Because like, if you keep identifying with who other people are through social media or who yourself, if you're an influencer, like, yeah, that might be a part of your job for sure to portray a certain image, but just being very conscious of like, why, what are your motivations in the background to do whatever you're doing? And then just being like, it's okay to spend some time off of there as well. It's okay to be like, okay, now I need 48 hours of nothing. And you, you really see like you pick your phone up so many times and you're like, oh no, I'm not allowed to use the Instagram for 48 hours. Like it's really bizarre, but like that just shows that you sometimes need that break. Um, so just consciousness and being aware of your motivations and being aware of, aware of your feelings is where I would start for anyone. The mm, pendulum swing of um, having people that you love in your life and then seeing what they do very easily and, and subconsciously leads to comparison. Uh, whether that be on a personal basis or a professional basis, mm -hmm. I've become very selective who I follow and yeah. who is in my inner circle. And even it can be seen as, oh, well, it's just this person. It's fine. And then I'm curious yeah. and, and I'm going to follow that and I'm going to look. And, and the more I do that, the more I realize the power of the images 
and the power of the imprint that it leaves in my head because mm -hmm. I, I understand and even psychology research says if you whatever you're exposed to you're uh, you can't really tell the difference yeah uh, and and you, you it can be it is perceived as a reality to you like I'm, I'm understanding oh why am I feeling mm -hmm. or reacting this way today or even the day after and I'm realizing oh well it's because I, I looked at this image or that image and that's what brought up these feelings and I'm not necessarily yeah. connected to this person um, so thank you thank you for sh for sharing that from Tying that back into when there are these, you said it, when they go on these shows um, and do these tours, and it's incredibly intense. And for anyone mm -hmm. who has watched the Siva um, uh, documentary, you know the guy is a madman. And, yeah. Uh, how he can just be on a plane like every other day, if not even more, um, and how he can still function. How how do these artists function but still i mean if, if you're just not your average person can do this like how how what goes into behind the scenes um what does the life really look like like we get glimpses and so forth and it's, there's a lot of glamour to it but um there, there's still you're on this path and and are looking to help these people from from incredible ways from from being more conscious and aware of their well-being but there's got to be some people who are doing something right now uh, or helping mm -hmm. them. Like how, what, what does that look like behind the scenes today? I would just say that, um, whatever is your homeostasis is humans are so adaptable, right? So sometimes if I've had not much going on and I'm kind of like in a rut or in a slow, you know, phase in life, it feels like if something, that requires a lot from me all of a sudden feels like so much effort right but then there are times when it's just like high effort all the time everything and that becomes the homeostasis so the glamour and everything yeah it's glamorous for about five seconds but then that becomes your norm and then that just becomes your new homeostasis that becomes your new normal so it's just like humans are super adaptable to that and i just think that like uh the issue is where you ignore the feelings that your body and your mind is sending you when it's not sustainable. So everyone, anyone can do like periods of time. That's why tours only last a certain time. And everyone can do that for a little while. But when your body is starting to tell you the signals and you start to ignore them and you're like, oh, I'm just not going to, you know, listen to that. That is the problem. And that is where the conversation is to happen. I have nothing against people doing uh, cool stuff. Like I have nothing against people, you know, breaking boundaries and like doing it you know, high performance stuff. But the question is again, like, when can we take a step back and allowing the people, the space and, and um, allowing people to really just take a step back. Like it shouldn't be that difficult, but like when, once you're there, you're just like, oh, but then it's like regressing back or it's like taking a few steps back. If I slow down, it's not, that's not the case at all. Like you just should like look at life as like a cyclical thing that keeps happening. And then sometimes you have cycles of rest and sometimes not. If you continuously keep it up here, then that might be a problem. But like all in all, I think it's great that artists do like touring and it's so much fun. Like if you have an eight week tour, anyone can do anything for eight weeks. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that's just my opinion. Like, and and I think 
thank you for for leaving us and i think that's an incredible way of of wrapping things up to mm. uh how sometimes we get into one extreme of either it's everything all in or nothing yeah uh, but you bring it in that cyclical approach i think is, absolutely is, is incredible and and one message that just stood out to me over and over again is look at yourself like if anything comes up look at yourself Mm -hmm. Take ownership for me it was job yeah. will with extreme ownership and, and you're bringing it up in um, a more graceful way so thank yeah. you for for that message is there anything else um that you want to leave any high performer that might be listening off with uh, maybe words of advice or any anything that comes as a final note on your end hmm I mean, there's loads of things, but I guess let that little voice inside you, like that voice, when everything else is going to shit, there's one part of you, you don't even know how to necessarily explain it or extract it, but there will be one part of you that always believes in hope. There's that one part of you that no matter where you are, if you're in Auschwitz, if you're in like wherever in a horrible situation, there's always going to be a part of you that believes in hope and that will be your soul. So whenever you listen to that part and you make decisions honoring that part, it already knows. The only thing is, the, only, the best thing you can do is just like try to remove the res resistance to that voice. That is true honoring your true self. So remove the resistance to your soul and then things will come and appear in front of you in ways that you never experienced or imagined. That is the real, real beauty of life is that we live in a society of seeing is believing when we need to flip it to believing is seeing. And when you have the courage to do that from that place of that hope and that soul, I know it sounds woo-woo, I know it sounds whatever, but that is really what you need to be doing. Like, just try it, try it for fun. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, that girl was right. <laughs> <laughs> Believing is seeing. I I will write that down and that will stick mm. with me. Um, and it's taken me years really to start honoring that. Mm. So thank you for leaving us off with that beautiful message. And where <laughs> can, yeah, and where can people follow you or find you and connect with you? Um. Well, I have a, Instagram account um, called Lisa Worsi, L-I-S-S-U-W-U-R-S-T-I, which is, it's open for people. I don't have a massive, like I'm not super active on social media or anything. Uh, but if there's any people who feel called to uh, reach out for um, maybe if they know any artistic people, or if you are an artistic person looking to um, cultivate allies in, in this mission, essentially of becoming like making, uh, music industry or any type of creative industry into a more normalized field. Um, I'm always looking to just expand, you know, my network and, and getting to know everyone who has to, who's shared the same mission. So would love to hear from you. Thank you, Anna. Thank you this, for having uh, me. Yeah, this was, wow. I keep on saying, wow, cause this was, wow, this, this is, um, this is special. So thank you for being on, Anna. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And um, for once, letting me talk about the things I believe in for one and a half hours. So it's, it's just soul food. 
just incredibly grateful to have had this conversation with Anna and what she brought. And she's doing something very different, changing the game, the music industry, and how artists go about their performance and who they are, how they feel, what they deliver, and what they show to the world. So thank you all for tuning in. And uh, I am so excited to go live here on June 7th. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And if you haven't done so, leave a review, five stars. <laughs> it means the world. So thank you for doing such. Thanks again for being you. Much love.